the Holy Gospel according to John, the 10th chapter. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Day by day, they broke bread together at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts. That's what our first reading says, is how the earliest Christians spent much of their days breaking bread together at home with glad and generous hearts. Doesn't that sound good? especially on this cool and damp day. Being gathered together in the warmth of home with family and friends, sharing a meal and being filled with gladness and generosity and grace. Just yesterday, I officiated a wedding of Elizabeth Ly, Beth's Will's daughter, and her now husband, Mike Bigwood. It was just over in Villanova, and the ceremony was outside, at 5.30 yesterday. So thankfully, we avoided the rain. But as you know, it was a cold and a raw day. I felt so bad for the bridesmaids who were standing there trying not to shiver as the ceremony wore on. But after the service, everyone adjourned to an enclosed tent in the back where dinner and drinks were served. And the tent looked magical. It was filled with cherry blossoms and lit lanterns and thankfully some space heaters. And there, everyone was joined together in the warmth of the day, forgetting all about the cold and the damp outside, celebrating love and breaking bread with glad and generous hearts. The scriptures tell us that the early Christians did this, along with devoting themselves to the disciples' teachings, to fellowship, and to prayer. These four things made up the rhythm of life of the early Christians. And at the heart of it was breaking bread. Now, breaking bread is a phrase we use in some different ways. It's a way that we talk about sitting down to eat with others. We broke bread or making peace with someone or establishing or renewing a relationship. It's also one of those cue words in the Bible that's meant to make you think of something very specific. 
And here it's meant to remind us at how the Last Supper, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples. And it echoes the story of the road to Emmaus, where those two disciples were walking along the road, and Jesus comes up alongside them, but they don't recognize him. They only recognize him later when they sit down to dinner, when he takes the bread and breaks it. Then they truly know that it's Jesus. And so this breaking bread is about gathering at the tables for meals and sharing our communal life together, but it also evokes Holy Communion, which is the meal that is still at the center of our community's life all these 2,000 years later. And the image that came to mind for me as I reflected on this reading uh, was this image, and it's a, a mural by David Fichter called The Potluck. And it hails from my old stomping grounds in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh, The mural itself is about 100 feet long. You can see all the parking spots uh, that it takes up, and it extends to the left and to the right. And it's this image of this multicultural neighborhood in Cambridge where people are gathered for a potluck, gathering over food with glad and generous hearts with all these great smiles and all this colorful activity. And if you notice... At the center of this great neighborly scene is somebody breaking bread. It's just to the right of the wonderful woman in the purple blouse. There are two hands held up, and in each hand is bread that has been broken. Everything that's happening in this mural, all the life and all the energy and all the relationships are all emanating forth from the breaking of the bread. This is a symbol of community and peace and welcome, and it's kind of like church. We have all these different things that we do swirling about, sharing God's love in so many different ways, in so many different directions, but at the center of it, at the heart of it, is the communion table, is the breaking of the bread, this meal that we share. We are formed into a community here so that we can form community elsewhere We are shown what the love of God looks like in Jesus here so that we can share that love with others. We share this meal so that every meal we share becomes a table of grace. We receive so that we can give. We are served so that we can serve. You know, today is part of our global mission campaign, and there's nothing more universal, nothing that brings people together better than sitting down at the table together for a meal. Just like this mural, when we sit down to a meal with people who are different from us, we find just how much we have in common and discover the abundant life that God has in mind for us all. I saw this firsthand about a decade ago when I went on two mission trips to Slovakia in 2006 and 2007 with my former church. Now, just to Brief brief you on the geography. You may not know where Slovakia exactly falls. Slovakia is in Central Europe. It's just east of the Czech Republic in Austria. It's below Poland and above Hungary, and Ukraine is to the east. And we began a relationship there with a church in a small village called Sucheny, Slovakia, in the northern part of the country. This came about because one of my former parishioners was a Harvard professor, and he had studied the church in Central and Eastern Europe, 
and especially how it managed to survive during the communist period, during Soviet occupation. And he suggested that we might develop this relationship, which we did. And so we went over twice and helped them lead two vacation Bible schools with a combination of us Americans and Slovak volunteers from their congregation. It was a pretty amazing experience and adventure. We had so much fun, and still to this day, I know a few words still in Slovak. What you need to know about the Slovak people, though, is that Slovaks are famous for their hospitality. And we were told that before we left on our trip, but we didn't fully appreciate it until we got there. We were constantly being looked after and tended to and gifted and fed. Um, On my first visit in 2006, I lived with one of the young leaders from the church, Lubos, and his parents and sister. And before I left to come back home, his mother gifted me a tablecloth that had been made by her mother, a precious family heirloom that she handed to me. And my first instinct was to refuse. How could I accept such a precious thing in their family? But also at that point, having been there with them for better than a week, I knew that to say no would be a great insult. And so I gratefully accepted this tablecloth made by Lubosh's grandmother. Perhaps what stands out most for me in the fellowship we experienced on that trip was uh, the huge community meal that we shared at the end of our first visit on the Friday when Vacation Bible School was ending. We had a traditional Slovak meal of goulash, which was excellent, (laughs) by the way. Goulash gets a bad rap. Um, And so the way they cooked this goulash was pretty amazing because they were going to feed over 100 people for this community meal. And so they brought out this copper cauldron that must have been this big around, and they set it on a stand over an open wood campfire on the church property. And over the course of the day, for hours and hours, they heated the cauldron, and they'd add ingredients and then add some more and then stir throughout the day for hours and hours and hours. And there was an older lady, one of the church elders, and she was in charge of the goulash, you could tell. This was, this was hers, and her husband would run back and forth into the church to bring out all the supplies and all the ingredients, and she had it just right. And during that day, it actually was a little cool. It started to drizzle. And uh, so as not to contaminate the goulash with any extra water or moisture, they put a little makeshift roof over the goulash cauldron uh, so nothing would get in. And um, it was amazing. And so there we were at the end of this week together doing VBS, sitting down at tables on the church property in the yard where you had Americans and Slovaks sitting down together over an amazing bowl of goulash joined together in the mission for the children and families of this small village you've never heard of called Suchini, joined by our faith, joined by that meal and every meal that we shared together earlier in that week. In our gospel reading, Jesus says in the very last verse, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. And life is really more abundant, I think, than we often appreciate. But it's when we gather at the table with others that we see the richness of the human community, how faith can transcend geography and language and culture. You see it that in those moments that Jesus is the good shepherd of a flock that spans the globe. When we actually sit down with others, we discover that we have 
way more in common than not. And this all seems to be a good reminder as we come to the table again, as many of our kids here at Upper Dublin, including my twins, receive their first communion. Seeing communion through their eyes, the newness, the anticipation and expectation, remembering to hold the bread and then to dip in the proper chalice, how to get back to your seats via the side aisle, all the wonderful newness of it all reminds us all to come to the table again as little children, to come with wonder and awe, to come with expectation rather than assumptions, to come not out of habit, but with amazement and anticipation. Those who come to the table for the first time remind us today that the gift of communion is our special meal, and we are God's beloved people. And they are joined in this meal in the breaking of the bread to a global community of believers and to this church family in ever-deepening ways. For whenever we break bread together, we draw closer, like those earliest Christians, to one another and to God. Like the warm tent on a chilly evening, or like a steaming cauldron of goulash on a drizzly day, this meal offers shelter and warmth, community and grace to all who gather here. Today, like the Christians of old, and Christians of every time and every place, may we today recognize Jesus in the breaking of the bread and eat this food, our food, the bread of heaven, with glad and generous hearts. Amen.